0: Welcome to the Faith for All podcast. This week, we will be listening to a sermon from Pastor Dana O'Brien's sermon series on welcoming others. We hope you enjoy this message and that it offers some meaning for you.
1: So our gospel reading for today is found in Matthew, the 25th chapter, beginning at the 31st verse. Some of you know this story. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a, shepherd separates, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left, and the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, come you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left hand, You who are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared by the devil and his angels, for I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, Lord, When was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison? When was it that we saw you and did not take care of you? And he will answer, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to the least of these, you did not do it to me. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. That's not a word that we always want to thank God for, is it? Sometimes this, Jesus can be very challenging. Jesus' words can be very challenging. So, as I mentioned, we are now in the third week of our sermon series on welcoming. And I want to take you back to what we did the first couple weeks so you were all caught up. And the first week, we looked at our welcome statement, how it came out. I'm laughing because Debbie is going to come up to join me in a minute. Um, we looked at our welcome statement, how it came out of our journey to become a reconciling in Christ congregation. Which, for those of you who may not know it, is a congregation that very intentionally welcomes and affirms people of all sexual orientations, gender identities, and gender expressions. But while the welcome statement, while the welcome statement was written as part of our RIC journey, you can tell by looking at it that it is much more expansive than that. It was intended to be broadly inclusive so that all of us can see ourselves in there someplace. Um, And that's comforting. That's comforting because we're all assured of a welcome here. That means this is a safe place for all of us. It's a place of love. It's a place of affirmation. But at the same time, that broadly inclusive welcome challenges us. It challenges us because it means that not only are we welcome, but everybody is welcome. Even people very different from us. Even people with whom we disagree. Yes, yes, even people that we may find it difficult to like, right? All those people are included in that statement as well, which means that we are called to welcome them just as God has welcomed us. And if you don't find that challenging, then you're not getting the real gist of this. Because of course, that's the key, right guys? We welcome everyone just as God has welcomed us. We welcome everyone because God has first welcomed us right? God has first welcomed us. God has first loved us unconditionally. God has first accepted us completely. God has adopted us as God's children always and forever. And that, that is why we welcome others. Now, last week, we looked at that really, really expansive welcome, and we we looked at how Jesus welcomes others extravagantly. By welcoming all sorts of people, by going to meet them where they are, by really seeing them, by making them feel accepted and loved, and by always extending a grace-filled and generous welcome. And then, and then Jesus takes it up a notch, a zillion notches, because on that cross, Jesus shows us God's perfect love, God's perfect welcome, giving all that God had for love of others. You guys, that's what it means to be welcomed by God. And that's what it means to be church in this place, that's the kind of welcome that we are called to extend to others. So today, we're gonna look at some practical ways we can welcome like Jesus, how we can make welcoming actually sort of a lifestyle, okay? Now, when people talk about welcoming, when they talk about welcoming churches, they almost always, almost always mean welcoming inside the church building. How we welcome people who come to us in here and certainly don't get me wrong, it is very important to welcome people inside this building, especially especially people who find it difficult to get a welcome in lots of other church buildings, right? We are called to welcome everybody who walks through those doors and now everybody who is with us online as well. And that's a, a completely new and different thing and, and that's still a work in progress, right? Um, all these people need to feel supported and loved by knowing that they are in a safe and affirming space, right? That they're being heard and valued, um, and that they can be exactly who God created them to be in this space. And I hope all of you feel that. But we know that just because a congregation affirms, this congregation affirms the importance of welcoming, we, we tell people it's part and parcel of who we are. It's part of our identity, which is why we have that statement over the door when you walk in. But just because we say that, doesn't necessarily mean we do a bang-up job of actually living it out all the time, right? Needless to say, there is always room to improve. So today, so today, and, and every Sunday, I'm gonna ask you to do a couple of things. All of you who are in this space, okay, make sure you talk with people that you don't know or don't know all that well before you head out those main doors, okay? Don't take, don't take the easy way and gravitate to just to people that you normally hang out with. Instead, introduce yourself and get to know somebody that you don't know quite as well, just a bit better, right? And next week I've got a real challenge and some of you aren't gonna like this. You might even wanna sit someplace new, okay? Right, I know, I know, it's really hard. Try and sit someplace new so you will end up sitting next to people who you don't normally sit next to. And we're trying to get, before the pandemic, everybody in this, most people in this congregation except me, were really good at the name tags and we're trying to, to, we're trying to get back into that, that name tag. So thank you all of you who are wearing name tags, Um, and if you aren't wearing a name tag this week, you have another chance to do it next week, and another chance the week after that, and the week after that, going back to the Jonah, we have a God of second, third, fourth, and 17 zillion chances. So, and don't think that you don't, uh, you aren't included if you are online, because you can do something too. You can try something new. You can say hi to others. You can say hi to the the people online. You can comment on what's happening. Um, And please, please um, make sure you know that you are always, always so welcome, that we're so happy to have you with us. So, so yeah, you guys, welcoming inside this building, welcoming during worship, it's important. It's important. But, you didn't think that there was a but, right? But, It is just a small part of what it means to be a welcoming church. Just a small part. And the reason is, and it's something we've talked about time and time and time again, um, although I don't know that we talked about it much recently, although with the pandemic, it 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 was emphasized more in most places. But anyway, it's about what it means to be church, what it means to be church. There are spots on my picture. Okay, well, we'll see how that works. Okay, so I'm guessing... I'm guessing that you all know this, and I'm going to do it. So so here's the church, here's the steeple, open the doors, see all the people, right? Okay, I, I know that if you're of a certain age, this was really common. You knew how to do this too, right? Okay, now when I was a kid, um, I thought that this was this was a pretty accurate description of church. I thought that church was a worship service. I thought that church was a building. I'd go to church, right? I'd go to church, and don't tell me that you don't all say the same thing. Everybody says it, right? And like that little rhyme, the church was the building, and the people were the little figures inside. It pains me to say this, and, and don't hold me to it, but I was wrong. Yes, I was wrong. <laughs> it, turns out, it turns out that church is not a what. Church is not a what, church is a who. Church is a who? Church is not a place or a building. It is not a worship service. It is not a set of programs, nor is it the pastor, bishop, a particular time, or a prescribed set of activities. And again, you have probably heard this a lot during the pandemic. The church is the people of God. It's you and me. It's all of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, who are living out God's kingdom values and partnering with God in God's redemptive mission in the world. If we go back to the Bible, which I'm told is always a really good place to go, what we find in the New Testament is that the word that we translate as church is a Greek word called ecclesia. Ecclesia. Now, ekklesia was a word that came along long before Paul started writing to churches, okay? And it was actually a political word in the first century. It came from actually the Greeks. And it was, it was, it wasn't a religious word at all. It was it referred to a group of people who were literally called out um, to make decisions for their polity, their city. It was sort of like a town hall meeting. The, the closest thing I can think of is what they do in Iowa with the caucus, okay? And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, Paul borrowed this political word and gave it a religious meaning when he adapted it and he started using it for groups of people to whom he was writing, to churches that he helped start. And if you read any of Paul's letters, you'll see that it was written to the church in so-and-so or the churches in so-and-so. He wasn't writing to places. He was writing to people. He was writing to people. In the New Testament, the word ecclesia or church always, 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 always refers to people. Always people. It's never a place. It's never a worship service. Okay. And if you try to replace it when you're reading the Bible, it's not going to make any sense. So you, we've lost it along the, along the road someplace, but you, each one of you sitting here, each one of you out there online this morning, you are church. You are the called out ones collectively and individually. And here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing. When we remember, when we know, when we realize, that we are church, that it's not a worship service or a building, it radically changes how we think of lots of things. Because if we are church, each and every one of us, we don't stop being church when they leave this building, okay? We don't stop being this church when we leave this building. If we don't go to church, we cannot leave church. That means we are church right? We are church wherever we go, at work, at school, in our homes, when we're out shopping, when we drive in the car. And why is it that everyone seems to have a really hard time with that one? Driving in the car, right? That seems to be the hardest place to be good church, okay? Everywhere. We are church everywhere, all the time. It's simply a question of what kind of church we're going to be, okay? We can't get away from being church, but we can decide what kind of church we're going to be. Sometimes we are good church, Okay? We are loving, we are caring, we are proclaiming, we are faithful. We are the kind of church that show people what God's kingdom looks like, right? We're living out those kingdom values. Other times, not so much. We are not good church. We, are, we may be mean-spirited, we may be angry, we may be judgmental, and it is not at all surprising that people are sometimes put off by the church because we put them off. But here's the thing to remember, wherever we are, Whatever we're doing, we are always church. We are always church. So when I talk about welcoming church, I'm definitely not talking just about creating a welcoming space in here. That's important. But I'm also talking about how we, all of us together, and each of us individually, live as welcoming churches wherever we are. In here, yes, but out there as well. See, guys, you just can't get away from it, okay? There's no rest for the weary. Now, we have Jesus' example. We talked about it last week, how Jesus went out to people wherever they were, right? He crossed boundaries, geographic, social, ethnic, economic, pretty much any kind of boundary there was, Jesus crossed it. It is the same with us. We too are called to go and meet people where they are. We don't just sit in here and wait for people to come to us, right? You guys, let's be honest. We know that the idea of people coming to church buildings has been waning for years. It, it was wor- made worse by the pandemic. It really accelerated the trend. Now, obviously, all of you came to the church building or you wouldn't be in here. But, that, but most people most people won't, won't come in to this, to this church building. Um, and the huge ir- irony is that people outside are looking for purpose and meaning and community and the experience of the divine. Exactly what I would tell you that we have in this space, exactly what we have. But they're not coming in here to look for it because they don't think they can find it in here. And that is really sad. And it says a lot about how those of us who call ourselves church have really messed things up, have really messed things up and have gotten in the way of so many people seeing Jesus. But here's the thing. Remember, we talked about a Jesus of second and 47th and zillion chances is grace. And so God continually sends us out and tells us to go and live as good church out there. So at any time, like now, we can start becoming good church, taking our cue from Jesus, and going out to people, and living as good church, living out God's kingdom values wherever we are. So here's the thing, you guys. If creating a safe space, a space where where people can feel affirmed and accepted, well, if if that's what it means to welcome, then we can make that happen wherever we are wherever we are, simply by how we act, by how we treat people. Think of of it for a minute. All of us know people who have a real knack, a gift for making us feel welcome, right? They're authentic, they're open. You can tell that that we are important to them, right? And that they care. And And while some of that is just part of who they are, after all, hospitality is a spiritual gift, much of it can be learned. Much of it can be learned. Because welcoming is at its core, simply, this is, this is hard to do, easier said than done, but it's at its core, simply focusing on more on those around us than we focus on ourselves. Simply focusing more on those around us than we focus on ourselves. Welcoming is seeing people as God sees them and acting accordingly. Now, there's another way to say it. Remember today's gospel lesson? Remember the reading? at the people at the end who didn't act to help Jesus, remember? what did they say? They said, Lord, Lord, we didn't see you. Where where did we see you needy and not help you? The implication being that had we seen you, we would have helped, right? Obviously, we didn't see you in any of these people that we didn't do anything to help. If we had seen you, we would have acted differently. Well, that's the key, you guys. The heart of loving and welcoming others is to see Jesus in them, to see Jesus in them. And when we do that, we love and we welcome as we would welcome and love Jesus. Okay? We love and we welcome as we would welcome and love Jesus. And so, if you, so if you're in line in the grocery store, right? If you're eating at a restaurant, if you're working on, on a machine at the gym, ask yourself, what if the person next to me was Jesus? Right? What would I do? What would I do? How would I welcome them? Well, it seems at a minimum, you might turn to them and make eye contact. You might smile, right? Um, maybe you engage in conversation. You, yes, I know that means talking to somebody you don't know. You can do this, people. You can do this. It doesn't have to be anything deep. Maybe a simple question about whatever you're doing to get the conversation rolling. But, but what it tells that person next to you is that you care enough to notice them, that you're aware of them. It creates a, you create a welcoming space around you wherever you are, right? And when we notice someone in need, and, we, and we'll talk about this more next week because that's really what that gospel lesson focused on, people who were lonely or sick or hungry or otherwise in need. Well, then welcoming includes addressing that need and doing it just as we would for Jesus in a way that's grace-filled and generous. Think of, think of the parable of the Good Samaritan, you guys. That's a parable of welcome. We don't usually think of it that way, but that's a parable of welcome. Um, and I wear this shirt because on the back of it, it says, you're welcome here. So it reminds me, that wherever I'm going, I'm wearing this shirt, and people are going to call me on it if I'm, not, if I'm not welcoming. Because I'm telling them, not that you're just welcoming, you're welcome at this building, but you're welcome here, where I am, where this shirt is sitting on me. Um, so I know lots of you have it, and if you don't have one of these, you can get them. But it, it does create expectations of those around you. So, I also know that we live in a crazy world. And sometimes the expression of welcome can be misinterpreted, okay, as too familiar and unwanted. So don't be weird, okay? Just don't be don't be weird. And you all know what it means, okay? But welcome people like you're welcoming Jesus, right? Because, because you are. Welcome people like you're welcoming Jesus because you are. Jesus tells us, and again, more about this next week, but Jesus tells us that when we welcome others, especially the least of these, we welcome Jesus. Okay, so next week, we'll look at taking it up a notch, as I mentioned, and we'll look at what it means to to live a radically welcoming lifestyle, and that includes welcoming people that we have a hard time even liking, okay? So, you know, if you were waiting to find out how to do that, that, that's it next week. But today, it's Valentine's Day, and I know that for many of us, well, it's almost Valentine's Day, um, I know that for, for many of us, interacting with strangers means stepping out of our comfort zones, okay? I know that, and I appreciate that, and it's harder for some than it is for others. And I know that that can be both challenging and stressful. Heck, for some of us, even switching seats is anxiety-provoking. So, so in the bucket in the back table are a bunch of little heart-shaped stress balls with smiley faces on them, okay? And you are each invited to take one okay and if you're online and you want one okay well this one didn't have a space yeah if you're online and you want one um just put it in the chat or email me and we'll make sure we get one to you um there are some big ones that you can really squish the heck out of okay um and there are some small ones that are really kind of cute and they fit well in a purse or pocket or bag or whatever and not only not only do they relieve stress but they are also reminders of the god who gives you god's heart The God who smiles when you live like good church, wherever you are. And the God who loves you and empowers you to love and welcome others. Amen.
0: We hope you enjoyed this message and it has meaning for your life. Come back next week for the next part of this series. Faith for All was created by Cross of Glory Church. If you would like more information on Cross of Glory, please visit our webpage at crossofglory.com, where you can learn more about the church, see our upcoming events, and watch previous services and sermons. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Everyone, and we do mean everyone, is welcome to join us at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning for worship on our website, Facebook, YouTube, or in person at 14719 West 163rd Street, Homer Glen, Illinois. Faith for All is available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Todd Mazera created our original music, Jeff Wanderson handled the production duties, and I'm Andrew Morin. Thank you for joining us.